You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. FM 105, your station, your voice, in the heart of Downpatrick. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's the Chris Scott Show here on FM 105, Down Community Radio. And this week we have something completely different. Clue is not first song there. Yeah, that was Thin Lizzy from, I think, early 1970s with Whiskey in the Jar. Yes, tonight I'm going over to the Crosscar area to talk to David Boyd Armstrong. Uh, he's the owner and head distiller at Short Cross Gin and Whiskey Distillery based at... Now, am I going to say this right? I used to say Radamon, but of course I was corrected. Redemon. Redemon. Redemon Estate. Hopefully I've got that right, David. Apologies. Uh, this is Northern Ireland's first craft distillery. Uh, and it's based at 65 Church Road in Crosscar. And I'm going to learn some of the history of the estate and more importantly... How to say that name? Redemon. Not Redemon, as I incorrectly pronounced it. Anyway, also tonight I am going on a summer theme musically. Uh, Days are brightening up now, so I'm going to play some nice summer tunes. And none better than this next one. It's from Don Henley, The Boys of Summer. Uh, And then join me in conversation with David Boyd Armstrong from Short Cross Gin and Whiskey Distillery after this. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105. Down Community Radio. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. October 1872, it's a long time ago, but there was a complaint uh, that that came in through the English and Scottish journals that a Dr. Hodges had tested some whiskey in the the area, certainly in Belfast, uh, done an analysis of that and found that the ingredients uh, contained bluestone vitriol, cayenne pepper and spirits of wine. And uh, he stated that this definitely did not come from a Belfast distiller. Where was that found? It was found in Crossgar, believe it or not, all those years ago. You will not find that in Crossgar these days. Uh, I'm talking to David Boyd Armstrong at Radamon Estate Distillery. Short Cross Gin will be very much on the on the lips of some people out there. Listen, welcome to the programme, David, and thank you for taking the time out. Uh, great to be here, so it is. Look forward to having a chat today and telling you a little bit about what we've done here. This is an absolutely beautiful place, and we've recorded this during the, the, the day on a Saturday afternoon a few weeks ago but what an idyllic setting and assuming me I didn't know this existed yeah well I think we're one of the we're we are really one of the hidden gems in anywhere on the island of Ireland, and especially here in the heart of County Down. You know, people drive here so past us so many times and actually just don't know that. Take a left turn on the Church Road, and well, bam, you're right here, the heart of Redemon Estate, and of course, Redemon Estate Distillery. Tell me that again. How do you actually pronounce the estate then? Because I know in old maps it's spelt slightly differently. Mm-hmm. We pronounce it Redemon as if there's an A N at the end, and it comes from the the original Irish spelling um, for the townland, which would have been R A D. A-M-A-N. Sorry. Of course, there's a massive history here, and we're sitting outside, and I'm looking at a massive monument in the background. Uh, I take it that's something to do with the last estate owners? Yeah, it's um, the monument on the hills. It sort of actually dominates everywhere across the estate now, you know, because it's, it's not very visible from outside, but from inside the estate, it's, it's just, you can see it from more or less anywhere. It's actually in honour of um, a gentleman called William Sharman Crawford, who was the landlord and owner of the estate during the, the late 1800s, um, Really interesting guy, um, most renowned for his work about the Land Act, um, basically in tenants' rights. And although he passed away before the Land Act reforms could actually come through, um, 
in honour of being such a good landlord to his tenants. Um, they actually pay for the monument to be carved in Dublin and erected here in his honour. Um, so it's a nice little bit of nice little bit of local history there. Absolutely. And I, then I think the estate passed down to the Reid family, the Osborne King, who, who was well known as estate agent. Yeah. So the Reeds, um, the Baron and Baroness Reid actually they had the estate during the Second World War, and it was a little bit of interest in history is that um, they didn't they had no family, so they didn't want to give the house to the war effort. What they did do was grant land across where the County Down Railroad actually passed through and that's actually where the US troops were based in Cross Guard during the war. Um, so we've actually just started to redevelop that part of the state and then the, the honour of the GIs, we've actually put a plaque commemorating Depot G1010, which was the, the army camp designation during the war. That is fascinating and I've seen some of the old adverts uh, in some of the old papers and, and you know in later times after the 40s, the old Nissan huts were being sold off in the estate here as well. Yeah, there's just so much history here and um, you know, we keep you know, we keep going through parts of the forest, we find little hidden walls that from from old crofts, you know, where we started to redevelop the what we would have called the sawmill and we started to, and we found out actually it was linked to the war and everything else. You know, it, it's just, just fascinating to see. And then we've been going back through old maps as well and you know, um online uh, through the Prony website and it's just interesting what's here now versus what was there then. So um yeah, it's it's just, just so much history here. You know, we could spend all day literally just talking about the history of this state. You see, I, I love I love local history, but that's not why I'm here today, of course. We're here to talk about the distillery, which you and your, your wife are behind, of course. How did all that start? Well, it's actually my, my wife's idea originally. Um, when Fiona's parents um, took on the estate in the early 2000s, um, Fiona had been reading a book called The Lost Distilleries in Ireland by a gentleman called Brian Townsend. And... Um, you know, the stilling is sort of um, in, in locally up here. It's a really sad story because in the space of two generations, we lost all of our industrial heritage linked to it, with the exception of a place we all know on the north coast. And um, Fiona had said to her dad, wouldn't it be great to do something here? And unfortunately, her dad said, no, get back to work with more important things to worry about. And that sort of sat up until we got married in 2011. And um, we love the local food and drink scene. Uh, and we're really, really passionate about that. Um, so Fiona says, well, you know, we can't have a vineyard because it's county down. Um, what about a distillery? We'll distill gin. We love gin. And um, in a pause of, uh, in a moment of madness, I sat her, her genius. I don't know what it was. I said, okay. And um, and that basically led to two years. Every holiday, every weekend, every break we'd get, we went visiting distilleries around the world, everywhere from Seattle and the Northwest Pacific to Seoul and Korea. And we just fell in love with, particularly when we were in the US, with the whole craft distilling movement. So in February of 13, we said, we're going to go for it. We're going to produce Northern Ireland's first gin. So we ordered our still and um, one says, haven't looked back since. I mean, that, that must have been quite scary in a way, though, because, you know, you're, you're, you're stepping into, well, not the unknown because you've done your research. But was, was it about that time or maybe before there was a gin explosion really right across the, the, the certainly less part of the world anyway? Yeah, I suppose we we were sort of at the very start of that whole the whole genesis, for want of a better expression. And um, yeah, so like we were the first gin distillery in Northern Ireland. Gin had never actually been produced in Belfast um, or Northern Ireland, um, and in any of the distilleries that were here. Um, so yeah, so just to be part of that and and sort of you know create that whole buzz about gin. We, we launched on April fourteen. Um, we went to James Street South with Niall McKenna, and we went to the Ox with Alan and Stephen um, as our first two as our first two venues, and. Um, it was really strange. Nas said, "Just you know, four o'clock. I'm going to get this a push on social media." And we sort of looked at each other, shrugged our shoulders, and says, "Okay, we'll see." 
and all of a sudden, boom, people are just like, wow, we've got a local gin, we've got a gin distilled in Northern Ireland, where is it, where can I buy it? And actually, well, the really interesting bit from the very, very start was, can we come visit? You know, and that's what we didn't anticipate. So, you know, mm. fast forward six months, we were just like, okay, we're going to have to, one, we're out of space, so we need, we're going to have to do a little bit of building work. And you know what? Let's go for a visitor centre. You know, let's get people down to the estate. Let's let them come and experience what um, what gin is all really all about. Chatting with Chris on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. And I'll be back with David from Short Cross Gin and Whiskey Distillery after this one. It's a happy tune from Katrina and the Waves all the way back to 1985. And it's Walking on Sunshine. It's FM 105, Down Community Radio. FM 105, your station, your voice, in the heart of Downpatrick. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Chatting with Chris on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. But I see now, on that, certainly on your website, you're using herbs that are grown locally here. You're starting mixes, you're starting to develop all that. Yeah, so from the very start, what we wanted to do with Short Cross Gin was actually to um, create, take our inspiration from the estate here and create a gin that reminded us of our home. And that's actually a really important bit because our name, Short Cross, actually comes from the Irish for Cross Gar, which is our local village. So we are proud to have our village name on each and every bottle. But for our gins, we've always wanted to use botanicals from the estate. So for our classic short cross gin, we actually take elderflowers and elderberries from the forest just beyond where we're sitting here now. Um, we take wild clover from the lawns and we take apples from the walled garden. So we have a walled garden here that dates back to sort of the early to mid 1800s. So um, those four botanicals, along with the other gin botanicals, things like juniper, coriander seed, and so on, they were all about giving our gin a sense of terroir, a sense of place, and linking our gin back to our home here at Redemon. That's an amazing concept, which I think everybody would dream of doing. So you get your still, or stills, was it at the beginning, uh, David? Was there just the one still? Just the one still. Um, we started off with a 450-litre copper pot still, and um, I'm a bit sentimental. I think it's still, even though we have four stills now, it's still my favourite. You, you, you got that in progress, and, and, and then things opened up. What about the marketing side? I mean, you, you go to... How did you even develop that? I mean, what what was your... How, how did you get into that field, even? I think I think for us, the whole social media and marketing side, it was it was driven by local support. You know, obviously, we'd done what we did, um, but was the fact that people bought into what we were trying to do, and local people and local support you know we launched in 14 you know we're really just coming out of the tail end of the recession and i think on the back of the recession a lot of people's attitudes changed particularly to local food and drink is something that we just do fantastically well in this part of the world um you know and um i think of that sort of booming restaurant scene that we've seen develop in belfast and across northern ireland and across the whole island I think it was just a real buzz about trying to support local food and that just gave us a perfect platform to, to be able to get our message out there. Um, you know, we've done the heart yards, we've done we've done the, sh- the shows, we've done the, you know, the next the garden show, for example, at Antrim Castle. You know, we've done events here, there, pop-ups everywhere. And it's just bit by bit, you know. I wouldn't say we're experts at it, but, you know, you, you learn, you know, and that, you know, that's part of the business that you're always working on, you're never happy with. I want to start tomorrow. What do you do? How do you even start to make gin? Well, um, back when we started, there was no, um, Google didn't have the answer. <laughs> it's a bit different yeah. now. Yeah. But um, yeah. 
gin, um, our process actually starts with our number one resource, which is water. So we're actually quite fortunate that the distillery here sits above an aquifer. So we take our water from about 70 metres below the surface, so it's pure, clean, mineral rich. And what we do that is we blend that with the, the base spirit, the alcohol that we actually use to form the base of the gin. And then basically we infuse our botanicals into that what that water and alcohol mix, which we call a charge. And um, we let it sit for a little bit and still, and then we, we put the steam on and the magic starts. You say a little bit. I mean, what is a little bit in, in gin distillery terms? <laughs> That's all part of the, the black magic. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> You know that it's interesting. You, you know we know all those big brands of soft drinks that have their their magical chemical chemical formulas uh, put away in a safe somewhere. There are there, there's a lot of competition now, though, isn't there? Okay, uh, there is, and um, the thing is with gin, there's m- maybe in the UK we've um, you can have maybe seven to eight hundred gin brands on the market, but we've only probably a hundred distilleries. You know, so what people don't realise um, is just because it maybe says. Um, like say for example Belfast or whatever doesn't mean it's actually been distilled there. There's a fair chance it's actually been distilled in England. There's just a just a label put on it, and that's actually the, that's actually the most frustrating or the hardest bit of it is actually demonstrating provenance because the consumer, you know, the consumer is not as well educated as people people would like to think it think they are. So for us, we are 100% produced locally here in Northern Ireland. Um, you know, and not many other brands can say that. You're exporting all over the world, is that right? Yeah, so just before COVID, we went into the US. Um, we export to Canada, Australia, Japan, um, Dubai, across Europe. And, you know, but, you know, we've still, still got a lot more to do. We're as far afield as Australia. And as we jokingly say, we wish we were as well travelled as our gin now, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. And of course, it's award winning as well, am I right in that? Yeah, so we've, you know, Short Cross um, is Ireland's most awarded gin. Um, you know, and we don't just do the sort of the easy awards, it's the international, well regarded and renowned awards that we do, you know. Um, and that's important because it just proves that we know we produce a great product, but it's great to see other people recognise that. Tell me what you have here. I mean, what type of packages do you do and on, on the estate we visit? What's out on the marketplace? Okay, so at the minute we have our full range of gin. So we have our classic short cross gin, which is all about the estate here. We have our pink gin, um, which is infused with strawberries and raspberries. It's called Rosie's Garden Gin in honour of Fiona's mom. It's the only sugar-free pink gin produced in the island of Ireland. Um, what people don't realise um, is your average bottle of pink gin has seven tablespoons of sugar, so not maybe the best tipple uh, to be taken. Um, but most recently, actually, we've just launched our first whiskey. So we've just ro- launched our short cross um, rye and malt Irish whiskey. It's produced from 100% Irish malted rye and malted barley and is brewed, distilled and matured here at Redemon Estate. David, that hasn't happened overnight then? No, we've been producing whiskey here since the summer of 2015. We've just quietly kept our heads down. Um, we launched our first inaugural release just before Christmas um, of 21. Um, it won Best New Irish Whiskey at the Irish Whiskey Awards, so it was a phenom- phenomenal accolade for us. And then on the back of that now, we've, we've launched our first core expression, which is our Ryan Malt. So where we are at the minute, I, I see the distillery behind me here. You have a function room. Uh, people can visit here. What 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 do you offer people? Yeah, well, we're we are actually fully licensed. So um, we went through the whole licensing and everything else procedure back in 2017. So we're able to provide... Um, gin um, tastings and gin tours and experiences and similarly we've just launched our whiskey experiences as well um, we do a lot of um, functions so on the 5th of June we've actually got um, got a music event so we've got Ronnie Greer and Ken Haddock are coming down to do blues here at the distillery 
with the um, Belfast pizza blogger um, serving up some fantastic pizzas as well and we do, we do a string of different, just different events all the way through and um, we're really starting to see now this side of the business come back and of, of course as we're fully licensed our bar is open Thursday to Saturday um, from 12 to 8. Your own role here then what do you do? What, what, what's your main role? I have everyone's dream job. I'm the head distiller, so everyone thinks I taste gin and whiskey all day, every day. It's not quite as glamorous as that. But yeah, I'm responsible for overseeing and all of the gin and whiskey production, the spirits production on site here. Everything from on the gin side, from distilling through the, to bottling, on the whiskey side, from, from brewing through the maturation. So I, I've, I have quite an interesting and wide-ranging role. And of course, I, I have obviously, as, as one of the owners, I have to make sure we, we run a good business as well. Do you do the tours as well, David? Um, at the minute, yeah, I'm I'm leading the tours. Um, you know, we're we're bring, bringing our hospitality team back up. Um, so our brand ambassadors will be taking on more of that, and then but also on the whiskey side, we also run a um, a special experience where we take people a little bit more in depth. So I'm I'm getting the the fantastic job of taking everyone through that process step by step. But it's great to meet people. Having we were closed for eighteen months here, so just to have people back on site is such such a pleasure. You know, and people just don't understand, they maybe don't appreciate just how good it is actually just to see pe- people's faces here and you know just to have a bit of hospitality and a bit of fun with people is just fantastic. Am I right in saying that during COVID you had to probably diversify slightly? Yeah, like we like we would have been a business that we would have operated, you know, primarily in the on-trade part, so hotels, bars, restaurants, and travel retail. So we basically saw all of our primary routes to market shut down more or less immediately. Um, but you know we did diversify, so you know we did do um, a small amount of um, of hand sanitizer. Um, we donated some of that quietly. Um, to the NHS, um, we didn't look for for glory or glory for our thanks for that. You know, we just wanted to do our bit. But um, yeah, so it was an interesting interesting experience. <laughs> let's just say. Yeah, good, good. So the future, what where do you see yourselves going? And you're not going to give away your marketing strategies on there, but you know, what, where, where, how do you see yourselves develop even further? For us, it's all about one locally. We you know, we want to develop and grow our hospitality side with the visitor centre here. You know. We have probably the most beautiful setting of any distillery on the island of Ireland, so we want to just we want to be able to share that with people and bring people here. Um, but this year, we'll start to see us sort of grow the whiskey side of the business, and um, you know we've already just taken our first commitment that we're going to be bringing our short cross rye malt whiskey into the US this year. Anyone who wants to get in touch, uh, maybe wants to, to book a tour, what what's the best way of doing that? The best way to do it is to go to our website shortcrossgin.com and then check out our shop and our tours and experiences. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for joining us this evening. And let's hope we'll get a a chat again in the future. Yep, no, perfect. Love to have you here and hope to see you again soon. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Big thank you to David Boyd Armstrong from Short Cross Gin and Whiskey Distillery for joining me on tonight's show. Check out their Facebook page for more details. I must add at this point in the programme, uh, if you're participating in alcohol, then it must be over 18 and do drink responsibly. And of course, he mentioned there about the Gin and Blues afternoon. So just to remind you, that's held this Sunday on Sunday, the 5th of June, 2022. Uh, Tickets are £25 each and it features the legendary Ronnie Greer uh, alongside Ken Haddock. Sax player uh, Dave Howell, keyboards John McCulloch, bass player Nick Scott and drummer Peter McKinney. Fantastic afternoon, I would reckon. And they'll be playing from 2pm through to 5.30. Gates open from 12.30. I'm going to continue that summer feel-good theme factor. We're going back to 1984. No better way and no better way of doing it than this one from Billy Ocean. Now you 72, believe it or not. Caribbean Queen. No more love in the rock. You're listening to Chris Scott. 
on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Billy Ocean from 1984 and Caribbean Queen brings back lots and lots of good memories. I was talking earlier on there to uh, David from Short Cross uh, Gin and Whiskey Distillery, but that's in the Kilmore area, that Crossgar area, and I took a little wander around because it interested me to try and find the original state owner's uh, graves as such where they're buried. Uh, and that was a Sherman Crawford's. So I did come across those, and it was Kilmar Parish Graveyard. Very interesting place. Used to be a church on the site, uh, wrecked it sometime about 1792, but it was taken away in 1976. Yeah, they took it away. Why did they take away the church? Well, of course, the original church was removed stone by stone and rebuilt at the Folk and Transport Museum at Control. Um, so I'd actually been in it in Coltra, didn't realise where it was from. Uh, and you can wander around that graveyard and you have all the, the, the local names from the area, the Inleys, the Boyds, the Breens, the Bells, the Birds, the Blairs, the Browns, the Creeries, and so you can go on. Uh, a lot of our history all encompassed within that graveyard. Moving on, we're staying with the summer theme. Three in a row now. I'm going to keep quiet for a while. That makes a change, doesn't it? Starting off with Chris Ria on the beach, number 12, 1988. Then it's Lovely Day by Bill Willers and Holiday by Madonna. Enjoy, folks. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. Interesting collection of summer songs there on the beach was Chris Rea. That reached number 12 in 1988, but of course it had been in the charts in 1986, only went to 57. And interestingly enough, Lovely Day on Holiday, Lovely Day by Bill Withers, had made the charts three times, 1978-88 and 2020. And Madonna done exactly the same with Holiday. I think it was first released in 1984, got the number six. And then the following year it was released again, got the number two in 1985. And then number five in 1991. Good tunes keep coming through, don't they? Talking of good tunes, we're coming up nearly to the end of the programme. Just about time for three more. I'm going to look back this day, what, 1st of June 1984 in the charts. Let's have a look. 38 years ago and see what was going on. Going on was this one. Yeah, and at number 35, new in... Bronski Beat and Small Town Boy. And that brought back a lot of memories. This next one, well, number 14 for Kenny Loggins in this day in 1984 in the UK Top 40 charts with Footless from Film of the Same Name. It dropped down 7 to number 14. That's just about it for tonight, folks. Thank you again for tuning in to FM 105 Down Community Radio with me, Chris Scott. A big thank you to David Boyd Armstrong from Short Cross Gin and Whiskey Distillery for joining me tonight's programme. Very interesting conversation there. If you missed anything tonight, well, you can tune in again on Sunday from 8 to 9 or have a look at my Facebook page, The Chris Scott Show FM 105, and you can listen back to some of the programme highlights through some of the platforms there like SoundCloud. Uh, and Buzzsprite. I'm going to leave you with the number one hit on this day in 1984. Can you remember what that was? Give you a clue, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, it was Wham, you're right. And it's Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Good night, folks, and stay safe. <laughs>